I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Cuddle up with a chipmunk. It's time for Must Have Seen TV, the podcast dedicated to the sitcoms of the 20th century from I Love Lucy to News Radio. I'm your TV guy, Brett White. And I'm also a reporter, producer for Decider.com, and this is Dear Sweet God in Heaven, part 16 of the quarantine era, which means you're not going to hear any music or quotes from the episodes. You're just going to hear pure, unfiltered talky talk, because that's all I have the energy to give y'all, and honestly, ain't that enough? (laughs) Oh my god. This week, I am joined by someone that has a little bit of familiarity with some of the circumstances in today's episodes? I don't know. You know him from The Circle on the Netflix, Mr. Alex Lake. Hi, Alex. Hello. What's going on? I'm here. Uh, not much. Um, how is your quarantine going? I'm asking uh, that of everyone. You're like living yeah. large, flying high? Yeah, being trapped at home is better than being trapped in a basement, for sure. Yes, definitely. With someone that you don't even like that much. Yeah. I uh, mean, with a name like Skippy. Oh, boy. I, I, yeah. Yeah, we will get into Skippy's I'm getting whole, ahead of myself. business. So I did, I wanted, I wanted to have you on the show for a while. I wanted to do a, um, because you experienced a common sitcom trope of the trapped in one location. Uh, was there any entertainment? What did you do in your downtime? You weren't allowed to watch television in your in your cell so your apartment so there was one day one day it was actually the first day i was in the building so i get there and i have i have my first my first evening and i go on my date with rebecca and then (laughs) i wake up the next morning and they say today's a bank holiday so we're not playing the game i'm like great i can just talk to people and they're like no we're not playing the game so, yeah, it's my first day. I'm really excited to be there. And then immediately, whoosh, nope. And uh, during that day, they, um, <sighs> so I don't, I don't know how the, the system of monitors works. <laughs> All I know is that they piped in to everybody's televisions, everybody's circle console, they piped in friends starting oh. from season one, episode one, and we pretty much watched the whole season. I know, I know this is heaven for you. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's one and of the best seasons of TV ever. I know. I've, <laughs> I've heard your opinions on this. No, it's good. And it's, it's surprising how much ground it covers in those first 20 some odd episodes. Yeah. But sometimes you don't want to watch friends especially while well, I mean, you're there to like win money and compete and you're like in game mode and it's like now you're I'm, gonna I'm like now you're gonna watch ross adopt a monkey for 10 episodes yeah i can't <laughs> believe all that stuff with marcel happens in the first season. first season he is gone by early season two and everyone talks about friends having a monkey and that monkey was only in 16 episodes ish so haters, like, haters back off i mean i've seen all of friends maybe not in proper order because it's like i watched it in syndication yeah because it came on after the simpsons (laughs) double header so so yeah okay yeah so like so there are two distinct subgenres of episode that i was trying to figure out which kind to do because there is the bottle episode and then there's also the like stuck episode and then i also think there's like a third sub sub genre of like real-time episodes so, like, 
there's like bottle episode. Like Friends has great examples of all three of these. Uh, so like in season one of Friends, so you saw this, the one with the blackout. Um, mm-hmm. Chandler gets trapped in an ATM vestibule with Gerald Gerdaker. So like that is kind of this. That is like a trapped episode. Like there are two other subplots going on that are outside of that area, but one character is trapped in a location. That's what we're dealing with here. Yeah. Um, there's also examples of that, like the uh, the Full House episode where they get trapped in a garage on, I think, Stephanie's birthday. And they oh, have to, like... I don't know if I remember that one. The Full House episode that I would think of with trapped is when they're trapped at the the airport on Christmas. Yeah, yeah I've done that one. I did that one. So everyone That's... go back and listen to, I think, Christmas number one of the podcast, 2017, talked about our very first Christmas show. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't remember the one where there's... I mean, I don't know if I've seen it. I mean, but, Full House is yeah, wild. I mean, they, there's also one where they get trapped in a store on Christmas, etc. Uh, Christmas is a bad time at the Tanner household. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then there's also... So then there's the bottle episode, which is like everything takes place on one set. So, like the Chinese restaurant episode of Seinfeld. Um, which is kind of like the parking garage episode of Seinfeld is kind of that. You are seeing... Mul- well, no, you're seeing multiple levels of the parking garage. And we also go into a security guard's... Um, office, but that is in the parking garage, so maybe. And there, there are no like B stories to those no, episodes, right? No, it's just yeah, like it's that just one, purely there. Now, I think the best example of both real time, which means like the episode starts and like you're seeing a literal half hour of their lives, is Friends season three episode, the one where no one's ready, which is one of my favorite episodes of TV of all time. And that is both. It is all like in the living room of Monica and Rachel's apartment. And you are just seeing the half hour of them trying to get out to a banquet that Ross is having and everyone is just falling apart mentally. Oh, yeah. And it's like and it's juggling. It's a great feat of television because it is also juggling like six plots because like Monica's trying to call Richard. She leaves a bad voicemail. Phoebe gets hummus on her dress and like Joey stealing the cushions and Ross is trying to drink the fat to like when Rachel. It's a lot. It's great. And but the thing is, is that doesn't feel like that because there's so much going on. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's that's ideal. Yeah, is that you don't, you don't wanna... really realize it's a bottle episode. You don't really realize it's a full a real time episode. Yeah. Otherwise, it's bad and excruciating. Yeah, it's just like, uh, so it w- there is another episode. There's an episode of the Bob Newhart show called Caged Fury, which is I also talked about on this podcast um, that Bob and Emily get trapped in the basement of their apartment building on July 4th. And so it's mostly in the downstairs, but every now and then you go upstairs to Howard's apartment where they're all hanging out in Uncle Sam costumes. So it's not it's not a <laughs> it's not a strict uh, bottle. Yeah. So, but like I guess being in the circle is more. That's a bottle. You're you're living in a bottle episode, but I guess you're also trapped. Yeah, you're you're trapped when <laughs> when it's you. It's real time. Yeah, yeah. So um, like you're living it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's the the conflict is uh a little less well it's the conflict is different because you're not like you're, you're not, not inter like typically with the trapped episode you're communic you have somebody else you're trapped yeah, with and yeah, you're yeah, communicating yeah. with them and instead I'm just talking to computers. Yeah. Just screens. flirting with computers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's uh the, the, the conflict is internal because I'm playing an asshole. <laughs> oh, you should go on in season two as yourself. I'd get the boot so fast. Well, you never know. They would but, see right through it. Well, they would also be like, hey, this is just Alex. And they would think that you were a catfish. Catfish I mean, as yourself. You always think everybody's a catfish at some point or no, another. When I'm when I go on, I'm not going to concern myself with this. I'm just going to be like everyone is who they say they are. And I'm not going to get stressed about that. I mean, that that's what you need to do, because just because they're a catfish, it's like. That could be your yeah. I mean, you just want everybody to like you. It's still a person. It's not a, it's not a hunting game. It's no. a it's a. This is see I the quarantine I've gone through and watched every you've watched every circle, right? Yeah, of course you have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So like yeah, yeah. I have gotten so angry about like the whole catfish thing is just like a ruse you do to like deflect other people like stop coming after me they're a catfish and for some reason we arbitrarily have decided that authenticity is important to this game so it gives you a reason to vote them out with like a guilty free conscience for some reason when it's like no vote them out because you don't like them but then what's what's wild to me (laughs) is that i feel like the public perception is 
authentic because people on the show are saying authenticity is important. Yeah. They think like, and it's like, what? I'm on a game show to win a hundred thousand yeah. dollars. What are you talking and about? And in the authenticity? UK, the catfish, I mean, spoiler, the catfish won both seasons, right? Uh, well, Oh, so well, the first season was a hard catfish and the yes. second season was a, a soft catfish with a reveal yeah, and reveal. they were them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, but, but a catfish did make it to the very end and was very, oh, yeah. it's great. It's great. Everyone it check it down. They, I mean, if the cat, if, if the catfish that was gearing to win the second UK season one, I think that whole country would have been upset. <laughs> they would yeah. have been. That was not yeah. a very that was that was a more American style catfish. That was not a gentle English catfish. That was yeah. That was well. I mean, I was old. I was expecting. I mean, it's crazy to me that the U.S. version is so nicey nice, uh -huh. and that the British version oddly has more tooth to it. Oh, and the French I mean, really all the international French and versions. Brazil, France. If you if you guys if people slept on France because the first like four episodes are pretty slow, watch the back half of that because shit goes nuts. <laughs> Shit goes nuts in ways. People play the game recklessly and they're, and they're rewarded for it. <laughs> it's it's just like watching, I don't know, like Indiana Jones getting out of the temple while it's crumbling around him and they keep clearing it. And it's great. But we're talking today about something else completely different, but similar. About a different type of bottle. Uh, a different type of bottle. Uh, this week we'll be traveling to March 7th, 1985. Witness ruled the box office. Can't Fight This Feeling by Ario Speedwagon topped the charts, and NBC aired the Family Ties episode Cold Storage. Alex, you must have seen Cold Storage before today. Uh, no. <laughs> what is your history I don't with, know. What's your history with Family Ties? You a Family Ties head? I knew it existed, I knew Michael J. Fox was on it. Yeah. And that's about it. Yep. I knew it was, yeah, a family comedy with Michael J. Fox. Like, yeah, even watching this episode, it's like, I've never even heard this theme song before. Wow. Yeah, like, that is a thing. Uh, I, I remember Family Ties from when I was a kid, but it ended in 89. So it's one of those, like, lizard brain memories of, like, I remember being a child and seeing Michael J. Fox in that chair, you know, scooting across and, like, in the opening credits. Like, that's... All I remember. Um, and the first time I really watched it was for this podcast. I think it's like episode six or so. I talk about a Family Ties episode with Tom Hanks as an alcoholic, as his alcoholic <laughs> uncle. <laughs> and you get to watch Tom Hanks and Michael J. Fox have a scene together, multiple scenes together on a NBC sitcom in 1981 or whatever, which is crazy. Um, that, that's post Buzz and Buddies, though, right? Uh, yeah, I think, I think it's. Yeah, because yeah. Buzz and Buddies starts it all for Tom. <clears throat> yeah, you know, that's where he gets his. That well, it was a. Um, it was like a Dungeons and Dragons TV movie. Oh yeah, that yeah was yeah. his first thing. Like that was like a warning against the dangers of role playing games. <laughs> it's like like Masters and Mazes or something. I don't know. Um, so like I I have recently been watching more Family Ties as part of my uh, sitcom time travel project, where I watch an episode from the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s all like exactly 10 years apart, <laughs> and Family Ties is often my 80s one. So I've seen a lot more of seasons one and two. So I have more context now. Uh, it's a... It's... it's Family sitcoms are not my preferred mode of sitcom. You, you <laughs> say that, hot, but what's like... What's your hot take on it? But don't you love Family Matters? It's yeah. like, you, you say... I mean... <clears throat> I, I mean, the way... The way I've historically engaged with sitcoms is I'm watching them because they're on. Ah. It's like I've seen so much Friends or Seinfeld. It's Martin. It's because they're just on. They're, they were the easy thing to just slot on in the afternoons and you just take yeah, them it's in. Like, <clears throat> but I think like when I when I sit down to like uh, my favorites, someone like News Radio, Friends, Bob Newhart Show, Dick Van Dyke Show... Uh, odd couple, uh, Mary Tellamore. I, I I gravitate more towards people in their twenties and thirties who are professionals and mentally damaged in some way. <laughs> Life yeah, imitates they, art. They, they steer away from the mentally damaged on the family sitcoms. Yeah, it's all cute kids. This, yeah, yeah. This is the thing. The pet peeve I have the most is every family sitcom has. Mom, dad, multiple children who are all at least seven or older. Then in season three or four, they have a baby. 
Meaning there is like a solid 10 year age difference between the youngest and and that that shouldn't happen. <laughs> I feel like that doesn't happen as much in real life as it does in sitcoms where it's every I mean, it, No, it happens in real life and you're just like, huh? Okay. Wow. Yeah, back I guess. I guess. Jeez, you guys were yeah. almost done. You guys were almost out. <laughs> like, And now you have and that happens in this episode. There's babies. And yeah. the, the, Jennifer, the youngest, is like fully in like maybe middle school. Yeah, I mean, she is a thinking person. She's got a character on her games. Own. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's yeah. But uh, so yeah, let's get into this week on Must Have Seen TV. We're talking about the Family Ties episode Cold Storage. It is the twenty second episode of season three. It was written by Mark Lawrence and directed by Lee Shallot. Here is how CBS All Access, where I streamed it, describes the episode. With the rest of the Keaton family away for the weekend, Mallory is excited about having the house to herself. Until she is accidentally locked in the basement with the person she'd least like to be with, her adoring neighbor, Skippy. Alex, how accurate is that description? Uh, I mean, she doesn't... Maybe there's, like, some sort of character thing with Mallory where she's not actually excited to be home alone. That's never really expressed. She's just... She needs to write this paper on the Louisiana Purchase, (laughs) which is not shopping in louisiana yeah <laughs> i mean i i don't know that's a very cheap and easy <laughs> it's pretty, joke it's a pretty good joke but no. i still was like oh i like that that was it's good, good. <laughs> i mean the second time when they repeated it, it's like okay i got it the first time but the well, first time it was uh they didn't come back for a third did they the the episode uh, should have no. ended with her being like and i still don't know the louisiana purchase like there you have to tie it back that's the key of sitcom writing comedy writing i mean yeah, but, I mean, this episode I don't think did a very good job of tying the two stories together. No, that's the thing. That's a weird thing about a lot of 80s sitcoms. Like Seinfeld and Cheers are the shows that really perfected that art of like, we're going to have multiple storylines that feel meaty enough on their own. Then Seinfeld was like, we're going to take it a step further and like intertwine them all together by the end. Uh, like it was such a game changer, Seinfeld doing that. Um I mean, it just needs to be a light intertwine or, yeah, or because, yeah, the way it it ends, I don't know if I'm getting ahead of myself, but it's like they just come home. Yeah, there's no like they don't even make it to grandma's house. There's no no grandma here. I'll talk about a lot. Um, So the the opening credits of the show, let's talk like this is a pet peeve of mine now that I've watched so much Family Ties. It starts, it's a paint by numbers kind of opening credits. Like it starts out with like the pencil line. With the paintbrush <clears throat> the paint. going down with but the blue paint. The very first shot of it is this, is the paintbrush with red paint just like stabbing <laughs> the thing. It's just like this big thick blob of red paint just hits um, Meredith Baxter Bernie, the mom's shoulder. And when you see the end result, I'm like, there is no way that that technique resulted in that... <laughs> art that's a weird <laughs> specific <laughs> i mean i i'd have to go back and look at it again i yeah i mean the paint was going on pretty heavy but i feel like it, it looks like it's like a pastel drawing in the end wait so wait you have an art it's background like it looks don't like you ish i'm not like yes yes <laughs> yes i shouldn't downplay it yes i went to to art school I don't make paintings by any means, but okay. yes. You're not on the level of the Family Ties opening credits. Yeah, I, I could not. I could not create that. The but I could song get you somebody who could. Oh, oh maybe I should. That'd be a good yeah. promotional art. Um, and then the theme song is such an 80s theme song. It's like the most soft rock. Like, it just, it's so, it is memorable through repetition. Like, I've heard it so much it's, that I remember it's it. Pleasant. It's pleasant. It's not... It's not hooky. It's not like, it's not. Yeah, it doesn't really get you excited no. to watch the show. It's like the step by step theme. You're like, oh, well, all right, we're yeah. about to to do this. It's a roller coaster. They're going. Hey, it's hey, a literal like, roller coaster. Yeah, like they're just like belting it out. This is just like your parents have control of the radio for this like three yeah, minutes. Yeah, it's like a, a little easy listening. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so the episode itself starts with uh, the Louisiana Purchase joke. The entire Keaton family is packing up to go to Grandma's. Now, everyone has conflicting reasons why they want to go to Grandma's. Alex wants to go because he wants to get with the neighbor girl, Lisa. But he doesn't let lead on. Uh, he doesn't. He plays that down. 
<laughs> Which, as much as he can. Yeah, but like, you know, he's hot for this girl. Uh, Tina Yothers, who plays Jennifer, just wants cable. She wants to watch cable. Which is where I'm like, wait, they didn't have cable? What? That's that's shocking to me, but it's 1985, so... I, I grew up with no cable. Oh my god, oh my god. Not... Yeah. So it's like, things like... So did my Dick husband. Van Dyke, Mary, Dick Van Dyke, Mary Tyler Moore, it's like, you're watching these things on Nick and Knight, and I just... I mean, I know they exist because they're something that exists, but I've not fully engaged yeah. in it. And it's if like, I did, if I did have cable, I'd be watching it all. I mean, I, I sat in front of the TV my whole childhood. Oh, yeah. That's, I mean, so I don't know what I, well, well, what would I do, baby, without cable? <laughs> so, um, so, like, when you're growing up without cable, it's kind of like once all those shows hit Nick at night, it's like they were kind of taken out of rotation on, like, local syndication. So, like, local syndication was usually, like, shit that was still on the air, but you're watching, like, the older episodes of it. Like, yeah. Simpsons, Seinfeld, etc. There was still, like, a date during the daytime, if I were home, there'd be, like, Bewitched or Genie oh. or The Monkey Show. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Those were, like, strictly weekday daytime. Cable is such a, ugh, it was just such a godsend. I don't know. I honestly don't know. I wouldn't have the career I have. This podcast probably wouldn't exist. Who would I be? Who would I even be? Yeah. Uh, so they are really excited to, like, she wants to watch Cable, and she's not really even, like, making bones of it. She's like, yeah, this is what I want. They got Cable. I don't do that. Mallory wants to stay behind and do schoolwork. Um, well, she does, she needs to. She needs to. She yeah. doesn't want to. But, but maybe she, maybe it's, like, an elaborate ruse and... Yeah, she see, wants to like, but what's she gonna do at home if they don't have cable? Exactly right. I mean, what would I do? What would I do? Oh man, maybe that theme song is catchy. Uh, so there, what is what is kind of wild looking back in retrospect is this one little exchange is setting up so much plot that they just don't get into. Like we never see this neighbor girl. The cable comes up a bit, but like tangentially. Yeah, a um. It would have been fun to see, like, what Mal, like, if Mallory actually was trying to get them all out of the house. Like, if she had a, if there was, like, a scheme going on. But she literally, like, wants to stay behind for the most boring reason possible, doing schoolwork. Which is also kind of out of her character, because she's, like, the more, um, popular, not-as-bright girl. They don't, it's weird. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I also want to point out that, for some reason... They aren't just going to visit their grandmother. They're oh. also going to a reunion for their Lamaze class. <laughs> what? <laughs> do, do you know how many like episodes this baby has existed in in the show for at uh, this point? The baby was just this is episode twenty two of season three, and I think the baby was born in seventeen and eighteen. So the baby okay. is still like it is a new baby. Um so it is, but it's just like so crazy that the plotline they come up with is, yeah, Lamaze class reunion, obviously. That that's a thing. That's what they're doing. Well, I guess I guess if they didn't have grandma's house, they couldn't get the other kids out of the house or something. Because like, Lamaze reunion would just be the parents. Why would they bring Yeah. So it's like why even have the just have them all go into the grandma's house? Because then you can bring in whoever plays that mom. You can have a guest star. Um, just use that set that you built for the Lamaze reunion. That's grandma's house. Just decorate it differently. Yeah. Like, you know, just do the grandma thing. Give us all that stuff instead of what we get is crying babies are annoying. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, is this part where I just wanted to talk about how much Alex P. Keaton is a shit? Oh, he's a total shit. He's a total shit. Is, is, is he like ever like endearing or likable? Like, do you ever have like a moment where you're like, oh, this guy, I get him. No, I don't think he's just not, kind of an ass the whole. Yeah, not from what I've seen. Show. I do think that it is a testament to Michael J. Fox's uh, megawatt charisma that he playing Alex P. Keaton made that character iconic, lovable, that this didn't just like. Well, I was going to say like Ferguson on Clarissa Explains It All. No one likes that character. And. Alex B. Keaton and Ferguson are kind of the same character. Uh, but, my, but Michael J. Fox just makes it so good, even though he is a Nixon apologist, hardcore conservative who in a season five episode I watched wanted to like teach his little brother about not sharing because it was socialist. Whoa. In pre-K. In pre-K. He goes to pre-K and tells all the kids to stop sharing. And that's the, it's, doesn't God. it? 
the the neoconservatives of the 1980s. I think. I mean, like, Th- thanks, Ronald Reagan. Alex P. Keaton is Tucker Carlson now. I think. Oh, uh, <laughs> like, I don't know. I mean, that's probably a hot hot take, but I don't know. I think uh, politics have definitely become a lot more charged and polarized in the past ten years. So it is very 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 hard to go back and look at Alex P. Keaton. Think of this is charming. As charming, where it's like, at that time, it's like, oh, he's a Nixon apologist. Isn't that funny? He's like, that's his hero. And now <laughs> it's like, after knowing a lot more about Nixon, a lot more about Nixon, you're like, oh no, that monster. Um, everyone listen to the Slow Burn uh, Nixon season podcast. Got to write that down. It's very good. Um, the, yeah, <clears throat> very good. And very... um bad 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 person but anyway <laughs> i i you know what if if listeners are still listening to me 93 episodes in you know that i'm i'm not pro uh nixon <laughs> pro, not pro alex p keaton <laughs> maybe he had a come to jesus moment maybe maybe alex p keaton changed his tune in the 90s and 2000s we didn't see it i don't know <sighs> who knows um so then we get, so then the Keatons leave. We get, uh, the start of our locked in subplot. Skippy is just in the house. The neighbor boy is just in the house. I mean, I think that's, that's kind of common though, yeah. right? It's like Urkel is just in the house. Kimmy Gibbler is just in the house. Just it's like, in. it's, it's an extension of their own home. Yeah. Which is kind of the point that get to the, at the end of the episode is like, I always, you know, you're kind of an adopted Keaton in a way. Um, I did point out his look that he's serving when he walks in is like this uh, Judd Nelson in the Breakfast Club, like oversized gray flannel, like trench kind of deal. And then like the biggest mustard colored pants. <laughs> yeah, they were good. Yeah. I mean, I think they're they're kind of it's they kind of like. I don't know the term I uh, want yeah. to use. It's like they almost have like an elastic waistband, which yeah. I think is uh curious i mean hey as 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 one iconic pants wearer to <laughs> skippy <laughs> uh, your uh your pants pals um yeah <laughs> I, no i mean i would i would wear these pants that skippy is good wearing pants. they're yeah, good yeah, pants yeah. they're He's, good i mean honestly his his look has aged very well so is Alex's, honestly. Yeah. Like, you know, it's a good it's a good look for everyone. Uh, before Alex leaves, he tells Mallory, like, go down to the... I have, like, a trunk of my old plate papers. Like, go down there and, like, they'll help you learn about the Louisiana Purchase or something. Um, so Mallory and Skippy go down to the basement to get that trunk and take it up. I did like that the trunk had his initials on it. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it, it, it makes sense. It's like yeah. a possessive... He's fussy. Yeah, what... what what's it? roughly the age gap between Alex and Mallory only a couple years like he's in college now and she's in like a senior in high school I think they're only like a couple years honestly I always just watching I always assume Mallory I always assume Alex is a middle child because uh, Michael Michael J. J. Fox Fox is is like (laughs) yeah he's infinitely youthful somehow so but he is older than Mallory um yeah then we get uh act two we get the Lamaze reunion they go to this place. It's like a very 80s yuppie couple. They have twins. Alex is asking for a certain channel because it's the Playboy channel. Wink, wink, wink. Ugh. Which is... It is... So, like, this is... This whole cable plot line, I want to point out. He asked for the Playboy channel. Jennifer's like, I want to watch hockey. They, like, then go off. They come back. And Alex and Jennifer are fully having an argument about cable in a stranger's home. I wrote they're acting <laughs> fools in a stranger's house because <laughs> they. Come it's up- not grandma's house. It's, no. It's- and I was like, you got to be on your best behavior when you're at a stranger's house. And he, like Alex was trying to pass off Playboy as C-SPAN, and Jennifer like saw right through that. Um, and I just wrote down this scene is hell <laughs> because all the babies are crying. <laughs> <laughs> they're complaining about cable. It's it's yeah, a it's- it is a bad deal. Would you assume if you were going if you were going to a Lamaze reunion, would you want your Lamaze reunion to be with or without baby? I would think it would be with baby, especially since apparently they've not met these babies. Yes, yeah. So it's like, yeah, you bring your baby because one couple forgets to bring the baby, uh, and that's like a pointed source of tension between the two of them because they were like, "I thought we were, I thought we weren't." Um, 
But it's also weird, like, where is this Lamaz class located? Because they all live far enough away that yeah, this like, necessitates an overnight trip to the grandmother's house. The one, the other couple that didn't bring the baby are, well, they're an hour away because they say it'll yeah, take it'll us take two, two hours. hours so an go- hour there, hour back. Yeah. It's very, it's very weird. I mean, my grandparents growing up lived an hour away from us and we never did overnight. That was always... You know, oh, yeah. You go, you stay, I stay for three hours longer than I want to while they all talk about whatever. And I'm just like, oh, my God. Get me did, out. Did your grandparents not have cable? Uh, oh, God. No, they definitely had cable because my grandfather uh, watched nothing but uh, TNN, the Nashville network, because mm. of the gospel singing that would come on overnight. So I have a lot of Nashville network memories from when I was a child. Uh, <laughs> Shotgun Red, anybody? It's my favorite uh, specifics. It's a Southern puppet. <laughs> it's a Southern puppet. Oh. Is TNN still a station? I so remember this being like TNN, kind of a thing. TNN is Spike now. TNN oh. became... It was like bought out a couple of times and it has slowly morphed into being whatever. Sp- and Spike is still around, right? Spike is yeah, now Spike Paramount. Is still there. Spike's now oh. Paramount TV. I think, right? Because I yeah. remember when Spike <laughs> happened and Spike Lee tried to sue them yeah, for the name. Shut up. It's like circa 2002 yeah. or something. Because they tried to make the National Network more global and like TNN, people are like, that stands for the National Network. We need, we can't watch that, which also, why would you? It just had hee haw and gospel music shows. Ugh, anyway, <laughs> so we come back to uh, the basement, a different kind of hell, and Skippy's trying to break out by like trying to bust his arm. Mallory has a really funny line where she's like, don't worry about it. Just keep going. <laughs> it's like fully expendable in her quest for freedom. Yeah. <laughs> this is where Skippy has on him because she's like, we might starve. And he has just on him a cup of soup packet and a cup. But he doesn't but also- water. A cup of soup. I mean, I guess I've only thought of cup of soup with like noodles. Yeah, like a ramen thing. Yeah. And this is just like a packet. And yeah. I mean, it doesn't mean that you can't have like split pea soup flavoring. Yeah. yeah. But that is the least appealing type it, of. Su- I mean, <laughs> you find out that he doesn't even put water in it. So he just like pours powder into a cup and just like chugs the powder. <laughs> What a weirdo. Would Skippy survive on the circle? Uh, yeah, they would love him on the circle. The producers would. Or the... Oh, yeah. <laughs> he would get cast yeah. immediately. Yeah, I think so. His style. His, uh, yeah, yeah. He, would, he would do well. And I think Mallory would get put into the cursed room and would go home first. Because she's the like, pretty one. Cute, this... popular. Yeah. They're always the sacrificial lamb truth if you guys haven't watched the circle international spoiler alert but the same apartment is cursed the hot girl always goes home first and they all live in that same apartment it's wild uh articles i write um skippy does break the water heater immediately by just sticking his hand in it correct me if i'm wrong i know very very little about water heaters (laughs) um you can't really extract just hot water from a yeah. water heater, can you? He, like, takes off a panel and just sticks his hand into it as if he's going to just, like, pull out a handful of hot water and put it... I don't know what... It's like there's not a tap on... on I, I, I could be completely I don't know. wrong. Uh, yeah. The, but then it also, the, like, the it's related to the power. The power goes out. Mallory fixes the power. Um... There's just, then they kind of really, really, really quickly run through all of the trapped in a place tropes because like power goes out. Um, they try to break out, but the snow comes in. So like they're cold, they're trapped. Uh, they find weird clothes to keep warm, which are chipmunk costumes. Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. They're- well, I like how Skippy's like, oh, there are clothes in here. Yeah. Seeing like these two furry chipmunk costumes <laughs> and registering that as clothes. Yeah. In Skippy's world, who knows what he's wearing at home? You know? <laughs> but these are like it's it's um the parent it's the parents' uh costumes from a costume party a while ago that they don't recognize when they come home. But also it's in Alex's trunk. Yeah, I was thinking that Alex probably like punked her. I was like, yeah, go look at my trunk. There's nothing in my trunk. But well, there's yeah. I mean, yeah. the paper they extract <clears throat> from the trunk is like 
a third grade paper where yeah, no <laughs> it's well, like she uh, she tries to do jumping jack. Skippy then immediately sprains his ankle. It's like they really this one scene they cover a lot of trap together ground. They don't save it because they have to get back because they have to get to this Lamaz reunion <laughs> where we find out that these parents have nothing in common except those babies. Now they're asleep and they are all trapped. Oh, it's a different kind oh of trap. Oh my god! Multiple. Well, apparently. They decide to get together despite like not even having conversation. Like they don't know anything. They know nothing. And then the one guy just brings up out of nowhere, "How's about that election, huh?" And then the Keatons are like, "Yeah, hey, I can't believe we have to deal with that guy for four more years." And then the yuppies are like, "We think he's doing a great job." And then the third guy who brought it up oh, is like, yeah. "I don't know anything about politics." So, oh boy, it's it's uh, I did write down though. How do adults make friends? Um, fuck so if like, I know. So like, I'm like, you know what? A Lamaz reunion might sound crazy, but if I'm desperate for friends, that might be a thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, yeah, I don't know enough about the Keaton's like history. They seem to be very they, active they, in their community. Yeah. they, they And they don't live far from grandma so they couldn't have left too far from they can't be too far from like home yeah so so maybe they now i of course i need friends that's what i need (laughs) yeah how do adults i i i mean shit i moved to la two years ago and yeah all of my friends are just gina's friends that i've ported over is she from la or is she already she's from la okay yeah yeah that's so it's like i was in new york for four years before my husband moved here so when he started dating me like that's well, his you, life. You made friends with UCB. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to get. You have yeah, to you get have in. to find. I also looked out. That Lamaz. Yeah, Lamaz doesn't sound so crazy. <laughs> that doesn't sound so crazy. No, but it doesn't all. sound like a great place to. I mean, I don't know. The I only thing know. you have in common is babies. That ain't enough. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like with UCB, it's like you're all interested in this, like, yeah. certain style of comedy. There's an and... activity to do, so you're never just sitting around there waiting for the babies to wake up, so you can put them to but sleep It's also again. like an activity yeah. that, like, in doing it, you're expressing yourself and showing yourself and, like, who yeah. you are and your interests. And But Lamaz is just like... You're breathing. You're really? making heaving noises for yeah. an hour, and they then you go home. They didn't even know that the uh, that the one couple was having twins. Like that's how little they talked. Yeah. They didn't even know that because <laughs> they show up and they're like, "Who's that extra baby?" It's like they had twins. Oh, oh I mean, wow. it could it could it, it could be a surprise twin that happens. Like, yeah, there's TLC shows about that. Moon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when we got we cut back to the basement, they're in the chipmunk costumes. Um, Skippy reads this letter. There's paper that Alex wrote in like third grade where he talks about going to the zoo. And it's all about money. It's like, I cost 50 cents to get in. My parents cost a dollar. My dream is to own a zoo and charge $2, no discounts. A stingy little baby. The 80s were wild. The 80s were fully wild. Yeah. They should have had her find his Louisiana purchase paper. Yeah. Because he probably has some hot takes on that transaction. Like, yeah, you when know, I grow up, I'll sell it, I'll sell it for $2. Is, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so this is also where Skippy's had a sprained ankle, so Mallory, like, takes some snow and puts it in his on his foot. Because, sure. Yeah, which, which paw? Yeah, which paw is it? Oh, uh, that this is where uh, Skippy, Mallory, find, they find a photo from Mallory's seventh birthday. Skippy was there... And that's where she realizes that, like, he's kind of an honorary Keaton. She has nothing special about her. Like, she has this kind of breakdown. And then he's nice to her. And then he... Then, wait, no, then she kisses him on the cheek, and he's like, I'm never gonna wash his face again. And you're never gonna be kissed again. Yeah, because dirtiness. Uh, um, yeah. There is... So this is a running theme in a lot of family sitcoms, is the nerdy character who has the unrequited persistent stalkery crush on the daughter character because yes. let me tell you family matters fun show great show urkel's great the stuff with him and laura is really upsetting in 2020 <laughs> <laughs> he like he, wait wait is steve is steve urkel actually like going home to the reddit incel channel i mean i i i, I would 
hope I I feel like Steve Urkel has a good heart and I don't think he would do that. Okay. I think he is a pure of hearted. He actually is. Oh, my God. If you're going to have someone stalk you, you definitely want it to be Urkel because he is harmless. <laughs> <laughs> That's awful. Um, but there is this whole arc in season five where Myra Monkhouse, who is just like great. She is as peculiar and weird as him. She's gorgeous, fun, like got it together. She loves, she's obsessed with Steve. And she basically like agrees to be his girlfriend as long as it's okay that he still has a crush on Laura. Like, <laughs> and multiple times it is made clear that the millisecond after Laura shows any type of like passing misconstrued interest, he's like, don't, you're gone, my <laughs> Like, It's weird. It's almost like the writers didn't want to give up the Urkel crush jokes, but they also wanted to, like, explore him having a girlfriend. So it's like cake, pie, all of it. <laughs> I should revisit. It's a good show. It is really yeah. good. Season th I did write an article. Season three, I think, is a perfect season of TV. That's where you first meet the Urkel bot. <laughs> when does Stefan come in? That's, I think, season five, like late four, or early five, because I just watched it. Um, he doesn't put him into his own clone body until way later in the run. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? So the episode ends like so abruptly because the the family just like the, we cut to the next day. We never see grandma. We never go back to the, the moss thing. They never tie up the cable plot line. Just come back. The family comes downstairs to find them asleep in the basement. Chipmunk costumes. And they're just like, what the fuck? Rightly so. <laughs> uh it's it's very abrupt and then like mallory just hugs them the dad yeah, and it's like oh tail. this is how this is how you open the the door oh, yeah and it's, and it's like, like it was never locked and it's like oh and yeah sure she, and he's like he apologizes she's like you know what it wasn't so bad whatever that's it end of episode yeah what, what did we learn what did we learn yeah did we learn <laughs> um no <laughs> I will say kudos to Family Ties because what I have noticed watching seasons one and two is that season one is a straight up drama. Every episode is like dramatic. There are if there are jokes, they're incidental, but there's still a laugh track. But it is like here's an issue every single week and we are going to like get into shit. Um, <laughs> and so That's I... That could be good. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad. Season two, it gets a little bit more fun. They loosen up characters get a little bit like you know sharper i like that um this episode like there's nothing going on really yeah and it's the it closes out season three it's no? at the very end it's it yeah. might be the season finale you're like close to i think so or like, maybe yeah weird <laughs> um are you ready for <laughs> some must-have facts about this episode absolutely <laughs> oh my god get ready uh <laughs> so Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 21.6 million people watch this episode of television. 21.6. What what evening was this on? Is this a Thursday night Thursday, show? yeah. So, yeah, this is part of the iconic... I think it's part of the very first iteration of must-see TV. It wasn't branded as such, but like this is yeah. the genesis of it. Um, so the top five shows of this week, which I know because I have a newspapers.com account now <laughs> for reasons I'll get into, I guess. Uh, number five was Cheers. Number four was The A-Team. Three was Dynasty. 
Two was this episode of Family Ties, and the number one show was The Cosby Show. What are you? Do you have any fond memories of any of those five shows? Eighteen uh, Dynasty. <laughs> I've yeah, Cheers is great, yeah. and what what I remember of The Cosby Show. If I divorce any sort of like knowing of Bill Cosby now, yeah. I remember thinking it was good, yeah. and fun. I. Uh, yeah, I don't particularly want to revisit it because I don't want to put him. money in anybody's pocket. No, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, did you have Mr. T? Was Mr. T a part of your childhood? Just in terms as, of him as, being as, a thing. As like an abstract. Yeah. But not as like, you don't I, don't, I don't think I went to the toy aisle and like saw Mr. T toy. And I mean, that's not like the type of toy that I would even gravitate towards. But Yeah. yeah. Because I, I never watched A-Team as a kid. I didn't even watch, like, the Mr. T cartoon. But still, like, Mr. T was such a huge, just, persona. Like, a living cartoon character that, like, I was just aware of him at all times. In a way. Like, yeah. He was just such I a mean, huge a- thing. A-Team a- is, like, a, like a more, like... It's... I, for some reason, all I can think of to compare it to is Hawaii Five O, But it's, yeah, like... Yeah. It's, like, a... It's like a heart to heart, but no one wants to fuck each other. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like a heart to heart, but it's like more butch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I yeah, it's like they have they have like actual guns. Oh yeah, and heart to heart you mostly just use as like wiles. <laughs> Don't worry, <laughs> listeners, I am planning some special heart to heart episodes of this podcast <laughs> because this is what I do. Um so the, yeah, this was part of the NBC Thursday night lineup, which at this time, the Thursday night lineup, get into it. The Cosby Show, Family Ties, Cheers, Night Court, and Hill Street Blues. What a lineup. I mean, that's iconic yeah. top to bottom. It's 1985? Yeah. What year is this? Yeah. 1985. Yeah, this is the 84-85 TV season. Um, so, uh, yes. So, now, again, because I have a newspapers.com account, I was able to see the actual, like, article that was written in the, uh, the Town Talk from Alexandria, Louisiana, the March 15th, 1985 <laughs> edition, page 35. <laughs> um, they actually have, like, a little article that I guess was part of the AP report on this. Yeah. Um, that gets into, like, how, for some reason, this particular week, they were like, this week signals that comedy is back. Uh, <laughs> and that's because, um, just like the previous TV season, if you look at the top shows, they're all dramas. There's like three sitcoms in the top 30. It's crazy. And then you see this, like, it's all sitcoms. Newhart, Kate and Alley, Cheers, Family Ties, Cosby. Comedy's back. So the quotes they have around this, though, was that, like, people weren't into slapstick anymore. Um, Gerald Jaffe, NBC's vice president for research projects, said... I guess the American public is signaling us that they want classy comedies. So these were classy comedies to them, which I could see that. You know. Yeah, I mean, it could, it's like everything that happened in this episode could happen to you. Yes, there's no aliens. <laughs> there's nothing outlandish, but now then, yeah, the, it's, uh, it's, it's... So Mike Eisenberg, CBS's director of audience measurement, then said, uh, you're not going to see slapstick comedy succeed. Um, that cycle is over, and this is the strongest evidence yet. And then he said that it might have something to do with the upbeat mood of the country. We don't need escapist comedy now. Which, that context, reading it in 2020, just like, wow, unpack. <laughs> Yeah, this is, this is, I mean, I think it's, it's Reagan in yeah, 85, I mean, Reagan right? was just reelected. It's Reagan, AIDS, war on drugs. It's yeah. like, if I think 1985, those are the things that immediately come to my mind. <laughs> but if you're a, like a, a white, middle-class, upper-class American living in 1985, you're like, Reagan's back and gay people yeah, don't exist and all the drug dealers are going to jail. Like you're just, yeah, woo. if you're an Alex on family ties. Yeah, you're like... <laughs> Thriller is out. We're winning, winning, winning. Um, <laughs> but it is wild to think like, you know, we have an upbeat mood. Saying, we don't need yeah. escapist comedy now. And it's just like 2020, honey, I'm watching nothing but escapist comedy. Yeah. <laughs> the reason I have this newspapers.com account listeners is because I am 
doing deep dive research into Hayden Rourke's <laughs> life for hot um, exclusive I Dream of Genie intel that I'll be doling out at some point. Um, I have spoken to Hayden Rourke's oldest living relative. Uh, Alex follows me on Instagram, so he gets my daily updates. <laughs> I'm into it. Of, I like it. Of me uh, s- cyber stalking anyone that knows Hayden Rourke and finding it. This is what I'm doing. <laughs> but because I now ha- I. I forgot to cancel this newspapers.com free trial, and once it was up for a week, it renewed for six months. <laughs> so, oh, uh, <laughs> so, set, set, set an alarm on your, yeah. or a, a calendar notification on your phone to cancel it a week before the six months is up. Yeah, but I'm like, you know, uh, it has been a regular occurrence that I've wanted to actually see these ratings articles, and every week when I do a podcast, I'm like, I can't get to them. So, that's fine. <laughs> Um, so the, the joke about her saying that she doesn't know what she would do with twins is a meta joke because Meredith Baxter Bernie had twins this, at this time. Like the reason that her character got pregnant is because she was pregnant with twins. Boom. Um, didn't see that coming, did you? Twist. (laughs) Twins, twin twist. But but they didn't use her twins as the twin babies on the show. No, they should really do that sometime. Though. I mean, I like I really like how like there's that one shot of those <laughs> twins, and then every other time there's somebody's carrying a baby. It's it's obviously a bag of flour. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's just like there's no like question about it. It's just like that's not it's a, a squiggling thing. <laughs> yeah, non baby. Uh, on IMDb, sixty five Family Ties super fans rated this episode a six point nine out of ten. Alex, would you go higher or lower? Is that right on the money? 6.9 out of 10? What do I mean, numbers even mean, man? Yeah. I'm, <laughs> you see, I, I, would have to, I would have to watch, like, maybe five episodes to really get a 6, 6.5. Like, what's the average family ties? Oh, I see. That's rating. information I should know. That's, As someone because, that has... I've watched a lot of family ties recently, and I would say 6.9 is right. This is not a stellar episode of the show. Yeah, I, I'd, give it a, I'd give it a five. Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't offensive. No, 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 no. I mean, the the half hour flew by. It was yeah fun. I imagine it was probably like a chill week on set. You know, like this is. Oh, but is this the time? Because there is a season where Michael J. Fox was shooting Back to the Future and doing Family Ties. He did them at the same time. He would shoot Back to Fu- Back to the Future overnight. And then come in and do Jesus family ties. Christ. And then it was all night shoots for him because he wanted it that bad. Smart move. Well, <laughs> yes, but also that sounds like hell. hell. Hard working hell. Michael J. Fox. Who had the must see performance of this episode? Who was the MVP, the MSP? Probably Skippy. It's yeah. all about Skippy. I mean, it has to be. <laughs> I mean the the one the one um parent the the Larry yeah. the he's like a character actor and it's like I've seen him in something and then I can't really Yeah, place he's got what some I've good line. Yeah. I'll give it yeah, Skippy but Skippy does sell but Skippy is it's yeah, I mean it's about Skippy. <clears throat> skip it, man. Skippy skip it. Don't skip it. Don't skip on Skippy. Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> and uh must other people see this episode of TV? Uh, Who else it you do? couldn't hurt anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, it's not like a it's not a must see. I don't think. No, I don't think it's a must see. But again, it's like my relationship with sitcoms is you turn on the TV, it's what's on. I wouldn't I wouldn't change the station. No, yeah. it, would, it would have me for the half hour with yeah. ads. So. Well, and on CBS All Access, would you let the next one auto play on? Would you? Uh, probably. Yeah. What else? What yeah. else? What else is anyone doing? Yeah, what would we? Jesus Christ! What is anyone doing? Um, I'll tell you what some people are doing. They're leaving reviews in <laughs> iTunes, which I uh, want to read. Um, <laughs> if you're okay with hearing people compliment me, that's because <laughs> um, I I I don't I barely get iTunes reviews, and so I still am begging people to uh, leave them. So. There's three that I haven't read, and I will get into them now. Uh, Thano Disney wrote, uh, Wonderful podcast, five stars. It's a rating that I love. Brett White is a fun podcaster. It was a very thorough education on TV history. I will take that. I think my education is the fact that I just watch a lot. Um, but thank you. Uh, such a great way to pass time during quarantine. The Pride episodes have been fascinating. Who knew Hayden Rourke, a.k.a. Dr. Bellows, was such a nice guy in real life? 
let me just tell you, fan of Disney, he was, he was even nicer than you uh, can even imagine. And I now have first-hand stories about that that I will be able to tell at some point. I don't I mean, like, I'm like sitting on this like pot of gold of hot Hayden Rourke information. <laughs> <laughs> People clamoring. <laughs> I don't know. It's very nice. Uh, no, it's good. Good stories. Um, uh, next up, still the title is still on air, which I don't. I mean, hey, it is. I'm um, five stars. Look by Chaotic Rambler. Uh, I'm into send a new review because apparently I can review this as many times as I want, but I re- but I resent my original. Oh, I resent my original. <laughs> Oh, wow. Resent and resent mean two very different things, but are spelled the same way. Um, my my new review is this. Brett White is still on air and going strong, even as he is, quote, losing his cool, and I'm grateful for his presence. I've definitely said losing my cool at some point. Uh, there's a lot of misery in this world that affects me directly, and I can't avoid it, and it's nice to have some place to recharge. Thanks. Thank you. Aww. My God. Oh, Lord. Um, and then this next one was left on July 5th by Phillips Kurt. Uh, which is the kind of, this is the kind of review I love to read. Five stars, of course. Um, I landed here accidentally thanks to a failed web search for something Rhoda related. I want to interject to be like, what were you searching for about Rhoda? <laughs> I want to know a failed web search. How did it fail? <laughs> um, uh, totally enjoyed talking about that series' pilot episode, as well as the episodes covering Bob Newhart, some of my best friends are, and MTM's Will Mary Richards Go to Jail. Hopefully by now the host has tracked down Barbara Colby's three Phyllis appearances. I have not, Phillips Kurt. Maybe, maybe someday. Um, this is not lightweight chatter about old sitcoms. It's thoughtful commentary by the host and his guests on the historical context and cultural significance of noteworthy episodes of classic shows, but with a lighthearted approach. Their love and respect for the art form is abundantly clear. I plan to come back and listen to more. Thank you so much. And thank you for listening to uh, all that, Alex. No, it's great. <laughs> no, that, I mean, it's great that people are finding it that don't. I mean, that's, that's the dream. Oh yeah, I mean, hey, that my SEO you, you must hang be your shingle. Yeah, you you hang your shingle and people find you. Yeah, wait. It's, so where can people find you? Where's your podcast? Where's my podcast? I don't know if I have the the fortitude to to put together something that organized. <laughs> well, I mean, hey, you for me, you can just hit record and just talk. Yeah, I mean that that's what I was doing on Instagram, and then it's like everything just became a lot and. <laughs> Yeah. It's like, I don't, like, this is not the voice people need to be hearing right now. No, and, yep, yep, yeah. But then it's like, yeah, it's... It's, <laughs> it's still, it's like, this was an outlet, this was a form of, like, weird self-therapy that I was engaging in, and now I can't, and, like, this is why I'm throwing well, myself could, into researching. but then it's like, I don't want to come off as, like, insensitive, or... Yeah. It's... Uh, everything's... Uh, yeah. Everything's bad. Um, but... <laughs> people can still follow you on uh, social meds. Yeah, on on Instagram at it's a uh, a two underscores and then my last name Lake L A K E. That does it for this episode of Must Have Seen TV. Thanks again to my guest Alex Lake for dropping by and talking about family ties with me. Next time I will be discussing I don't know what because I haven't chosen the episode yet or booked the guest yet, but I'm trying to get back on track. Follow the uh, podcast on Instagram and Twitter at Must Have Seen TV, where maybe you'll find out what I'm talking about next because. I will hopefully um, post it there. It's a lot of work. Being the producer and social media manager for a podcast, trying to look professional is a lot of work, so just bear with me. I don't know. Uh, (laughs) You're doing great. I'm trying. I'm losing my cool. Uh, If you like what you've heard, please rate and review Must Have Seen TV and Apple Podcasts like those fine listeners did that you heard from. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Brett White, where you will see me posting Insta stories of new purchases that I make, um, like the <laughs> I'm Dickens, He's Finster season one on DVD. You can go back and listen what to that episode. What is that? It is. I guess I, I should listen to the episode is yeah, what it is. It is a one season wonder sitcom starring John Aston. His first yeah, sitcom I saw that. I saw it on your Instagram and I'm just like, <clears throat> what one is season. that show? It was but really funny. It was it was good enough to put on DVD, so... Yeah, well, only half of season one. The other half still hasn't come out yet, so... <laughs> oh, boy. Get those hot updates on Instagram at, at Brett White. Read the words that I write at Decider.com. Thanks to Acast for hosting the podcast. Thanks to everyone for listening, and I will see y'all next time on Must Have Seen TV. <laughs> 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.